Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. My name is Rachel Turner. I've been gone for like five weeks, so I'm so pleased to be back. Uh, Thanks. I got back at seven o'clock last night, so I'm jet lagging pretty hard right now. Uh, so, uh, I usually like to start preaching with a story and I have a good one for you. Uh, so if you don't know, I've been away for five weeks in Australia, in New Zealand, and, uh, was, uh, doing a bit of a speaking tour. And so they sometimes went with me on the airplanes and all of the little things. I went to eight different cities and, um, and so I had minders and by the time that, like, you've been with me for three days. I assume that we're now fast friends. And so two minders were coming with me. So I had Diana and I had Liz. And we got on an airplane. And Liz, we got on. We were all comparing seats and things. And Diana told me that Liz was sitting behind me. And so Liz was, Diana was there. Liz was behind me. So I was feeling goofy. I'd been, I'm like two weeks into this thing by at this point, three weeks at this point. And uh, so I was feeling a bit, you know, and I was three days into my relationship with these minders. And so I thought I'd entertain Liz because we're on an airplane. It's a quick one. And so as the, you know, the, the person was doing the, you know, here's the exits and everything, I thought I would make a a puppet with my hand with um, using a napkin to make a little life vest. And so I ended up putting it around the side and doing the whole sequence thing for her with the life vest that went on around the side. I then started writing notes and crumpling them up and throwing them over the top for throughout the thing. Uh, Then I got into like whole hand puppet things. Hello. Um, I started singing her songs like, um, like Ooga Chuka, Ooga Chuka, I can't stop this feeling. Liz, we're going to Wellington. Yes, we are. Like just stuff around the corner. And eventually she never responded. And I was like, fine. So then I escalate my entertainment, obviously. Um, so at which point then I start going, Liz, Liz, what are we doing? I'm whispering around. And at some point, Diana starts grabbing at my shoulder. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's grabbing me and grabbing me. And I'm like, stop, Liz, we're going to go outside soon. And she grabs me and she goes, that's not Liz. <laughs> and evidently I had been entertaining a total stranger for 45 minutes on an airplane because Liz was behind me as in three rows back and the other side. And um, a total stranger was then having me send pictures of me and someone else. I was throwing them at her. I was doing puppets. I was reaching around to try to grab her leg. And um, so I'm somewhere on Instagram, I'm sure, of uh, that's me. So just so you know, (laughs) don't ride in an airplane with me. Uh, Yeah, and I, I was horrified and did not look back. So we got off the airplane and I just kept my head very forward and walked off. I don't know who she was. Um, yes, so that was, or indeed if it was a man, I don't know. I'm hoping it was not a small child. Um, I, have been, I have been gone for a while. I was gone for five weeks in total. That's the longest I've been away from my family. And I tried to keep in touch really well. Like I hid gifts around the house and then would tell them where it was. And we Zoomed like three times a day and all that stuff. I tried to stay in contact, but there's nothing like coming back home and like being in the same space 
as your family. There's, it's different. Uh, does that make sense? Does anyone have family who doesn't live in the same spaces? Yeah. So you know, you know what it's like. There's something about wanting to be in the same space um, because it's never quite the same. Uh, my parents came. Did anyone meet my parents? Yeah, okay. So my parents came to watch Caleb, and uh, they came to watch Caleb for the month, and they left the same day I arrived, which feels kind of mean, I'd have to say. They were like, I came for the grandkid, I'm off. So I didn't get to be in the same space as my parents, which is absolutely gutting. Um, But there's something about being in someone's presence that is different than being trying to be connected from far away. Do you agree? All right, I want you to turn to somebody else around you and explain what the difference is. Like, what, why is it different being in somebody's presence and not being in someone's presence? If you're an introvert, you can feel free to ignore everybody and not participate in this. Just so you know. What's the difference? Why is it so powerful to be with someone and not someone? All right, I'm going to bring you back. Yeah, I do want some answers. I'm thinking, I do want some answers. What are some answers? What's the difference when you're present with someone? What is so special about being present with someone? You can't eat with them. Eat together. Yes, eating together. There's something about being together and eating together and like experiencing the same thing together. What else? Yes. You can't give them a hug. They're like touching thing. Yes. Yes. You. There's, yes, the banter, the the informal um, togetherness that you have, the bit of a banter that you can have that it's harder to have when you're far away. You can look into their eyes. Yes, you can connect, connect. What else? You can spoil them. There's something about being able to serve them that's really lovely about being together. (laughs) See that? Smooth. Um, There's something about being in the presence that is really, really important to us And when it comes to people. During the pandemic, some of us really struggled because we didn't get to just be around other people. Not me. I'm an introvert. I had a great time. But but some people, I, I live with someone who was just craving to be around people, just that sense of, of desire to be around people. There is something about the presence that is so important. And today, we're going through our series of core values of us as a church. And what we wanted to talk about today was worship. Because worship is about enjoying the presence of God. Because God is with us all the time. And I find that really interesting because if God is with us all the time, then why aren't we enjoying his presence the whole time? So God is with us all the time. Psalm 139, uh, 7 to 12, uh, David is talking about God. I love how he talks about God. And he says this, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far end of the sea, even your hand there will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I love how David can't just say, you're here all the time. I really like it. But he's like, really got to give, you know, let David be flowery with his stuff. He's saying that God is present all the time. He is present all the time. And we can enjoy being with him 
in all the ways that you described. We can eat with him. We can laugh with him. One of my favorite things to do is just hang out with God. I love enjoying God. Um, I just was got to hang out on the beach for a couple of days, and I just wake up, and I go make sandcastles with God, and I talk to him, and we go shopping. It was great. Um, I love just being with God, but there's a special way of enjoying God that happens in worship. It's something unique and different, a way of enjoying God that, that sung worship offers us. Because we can all enjoy God in all the different ways. We can eat, we can touch God, we can hug God, we can say come close to us. We can spend our days enjoying God. But there's something different in sung worship. And for me, it's this. We get to turn our hearts and our face to God and look at him and tell him what we think and feel. And there's something about it in our relationships that is different when we do that. I love hanging out with my friends. I love sitting in a car and not talking to my husband while we listen to music. I love doing loads of things with people, in the presence of people. But at some point, you turn your heart and your face to a person that you love in friendship or in relationship, and you tell them what you think and what you feel. And that's a different way of enjoying them. Does that make sense? If I look at Ruth, I'm going to tell this Ruth. Ruth, I love our friendship. I think you are so wise, and I so value you. And I value that when we laugh together and when we talk for ages, way late at night when we weren't supposed to, we were supposed to go to sleep, um, we went away together to learn about intergenerational stuff. And I, we stayed up late talking about deep things that we never came to conclusions about, but we just shared hearts about. And I love your wisdom and the authority you carry when you speak. And I just, I so value you in my life. There is a connection that comes when you turn your heart to someone and you tell them how you feel. And I think there is an opportunity in worship to enjoy God in a very specific way. Because when I turned to Ruth to tell her how I felt, I was thinking of nothing else except Ruth. I was, I was pulling out memories that I had. I hadn't prepped it. I, just, I chose. It just says, Ruth, talk to her. <laughs> because I didn't want to prep what I was going to say. What I wanted to do was turn my heart towards Ruth and pull all my memories of time with Ruth and just speak to her of how I feel about her because that's enjoying her. I wasn't worried about what you were doing or what you were thinking. I was just thinking about her. And there's something that melts away when we turn our heart and our face to God and we pull our memories of him and what we know of him and we tell him what we feel and what we think. Does that make sense? That's what worship is. It's why we use all of these, these language, fancy David languages of like, um, let's turn our hearts towards God. Let's, turn, let's put our eyes on Jesus. We have all of these fancy Christian phrases that say that, that we sort of taken away the power of it. But what we're really saying is God himself is in this space and we get to do life with him. But there are moments of worship where we stop and we turn our heart and our face to God and we say, this is what I feel, and this is what I see. I want to enjoy you and see you, God. And it changes our hearts. It changes how we feel about him, and it changes about how we feel about life.
because everything, we've turned our heart and our face away from the stress and the worry and the pain and the struggle and the tomorrow and the fact that I still need to buy milk. Uh, And we've stopped and we turn our face and worship God. It is not what we sometimes turn it into, where sung worship begins to be a duty or it's a great sing song. It's, you know, karaoke. Um, with excellent karaoke. Um, or sometimes I've heard people say, well, is God selfish because he wants us to tell him he's great all the time? And we can turn it into something that it's not. We can make it into something that it's not. What it is, is a stopping and acknowledging the presence of the living God and turning our hearts and enjoying the fact that he is God and we get to turn our hearts towards him. It is a, a beautiful gift that we get to do because... Before Jesus died and rose again, we had to do it from really far away. And we were seeking relationship. We were praising him from far because his presence didn't get to be with us. And Jesus pulled the sin away. The ability for us to take the sin away from us that we may worship him face to face and heart to heart. There is a a beauty and a glory. So, yeah. Can we do that at home? Absolutely. My car is my favorite place to worship because I can crank the music really loud. Except when you have your um, sat-nav on and then it interrupts you in the best moments. You know, if you ever see like, dun, 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 and you're like, God, turn left at the next turn. Uh, so you got to turn it off if you're worshiping. Key tip. Um, I love worshiping in the car because that's like my time with God where I can turn my heart, but I can't close my eyes because I'm driving. But like Rob was saying today, when we come together to worship, there's something interesting that happens because I've pulled my memory of Ruth into this statement that I got to speak to her. When we come together, we bring our experiences of God together. We bring my story and your story and your story and your experience and we all turn our hearts to God and hear each other's stories and we see God better and the person who wrote that song brings their story and we all bring our stories together to turn our hearts together at the same time it's something beautiful David I love reading David because David kind of does this over and over and over again David uh, is is someone who developed his worshiping in his version of his car, except he was sitting on the hills fighting off lions, which, if you've ever driven in London, is kind of what it feels like. Um, But to me, he turns towards God, and he develops all of these songs on the hills. Psalm 63. He turns his heart towards God. It says here, when he was in the desert... When he was in the wilderness of Judah, he turns his heart towards God while he's being pursued, where he's being hunted, where he's afraid that he's going to die. And he turns his heart towards God and says, oh, God, you are my God. Earnestly, I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. And in a dry and weary land where there is no water. I have seen you in the sanctuary and beheld your power and your glory because your love, your love is better than life. My lips will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. 
My soul will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. With singing lips, my mouth will praise you. David in a wilderness turned his heart and his face towards God. And when he did that, he was able to live in connection with the living God. And that's, that's what worship is. That's what singing is. Yes, do it on your own. Yes, do it in a group. But we come here because our lives can be so crazy and we don't have a lot of time and you might not have a car and you may not have time to go, wait, I need to turn my face and my heart towards God. And so we come to church. We come to this place to be facilitated, to be helped, to have someone who's prayed and worshiped and thought and say, let me help us turn our hearts and our minds towards God. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I can't remember stuff that God did for me because my brain's tired and I'm sad. And sometimes I can't pull memories of where God is out of it. And so we come together so that other people's words can help remind us of who God is. And we can watch other people worship. When I, when I had my miscarriage, I remember not being able to sing because I was like, I can't pull those feelings, but I can sit in a room where people believe this and can sing it at God and I can see God for who he is through the words of other people because I don't have words for myself. We come together to turn our hearts towards God. That's what it is. And so when we sing, and I'm going to ask Rob to come up in a second. When we sing... It's a choice to turn our hearts and minds towards God rather than just sing the words. And sometimes we just come and we just sing the words, and it's a choice to turn. And for me, the way I start, you may start differently, but the way I start is I say hi. Because otherwise I turn too flouncy. Otherwise I'm like, oh, Lord. I mean, I use language I don't use in my normal everyday life. I'm like, oh, Jesus, you are the God of all. And I'm like, that's not how I talk to him normally. Normally, I just say hi. And so when I come to this place, before I start worship, I I literally just go, hi. Because if I'm going to start a conversation with someone, I've got to turn to them. And I'm going to start a conversation. And worship is just a conversation. And so however you want to do it, turn in your heart, in your brain, if you want to, and just say, God, you are here. Hi. I've got stuff to say. And the thing that we see over and over is that God comes close when we tell him what we're thinking and we're feeling. It says he's close to the brokenhearted. It says he inhabits our praise. It basically says no matter what you're feeling, he's going to come close to you, so you're solid, right? So we're going we're gonna to sing again because this isn't about how your voice sounds and it isn't about special magic words. It's about us choosing to put everything down and remind ourselves of who God is and tell him what we think and feel. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a moment. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. And what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to Ask God, if you want to, to remind you of who he is in your life. And if you don't want to do that, you can just sit and just think, who is God in my life? What do I love about God? What do I value about having him here? I just want you to think about it. And then we're going to sing. But the God of the universe, the king of all, the one who loves you more than you could ever deserve or imagine, 
is present in your life in every moment. And in this moment here, we get to turn our hearts and our face towards him and tell him what we see and what we feel and enjoy the fact that he is him and he is here with us. When we live lives of worship, it just means we live lives with a heart turned towards God. And we get these beautiful moments together and alone where we get to use music and words to tell him what we feel. So I'm going to give us 30 seconds to think and remind ourselves of who God is in our lives. And then we're going to sing to him and tell him what we feel. So I'm going to start us off, and then I'll be quiet for a little bit. God, hi. Hi. 